genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello, how's it going? Welcome to episode 43 of 15 Minutes of Genius. 15 minutes, 17 minutes, 20 minutes. You know, we're all over the place as far as timing. But you know what? It doesn't matter. What really matters is bringing on great people on our show. Entrepreneurs, investors, people that are rebooting a great beverage brand, which I'm going to get into. We have a very, 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 I said very three times, special guest on our program today. Before introducing our guest, just a, a quick plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He does all editing for uh, bottles, for um, boxes, for he does videos, he does photos. We're going to do some really cool videos with him coming out in the summertime of 2021. So um, awesome guy, Mark N at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. All right, without further ado, uh, super humbled and grateful to have this guy on our show, Tom Hicks. He is the CEO of Zico Rising, not Zico, Zico Rising. So he is a beverage industry veteran, having co-founded a juice company in Chicago that was sold to a small company called Naked Juice in 2000. He ran Naked Juice from 2000 to 2007 and led the sale to Pepsi. He ran the natural division of Monster Energy that was sold to Coke in 2014. I'm starting to see a theme of Coke and Pepsi here. He, re <laughs> he received a call from Mark Rampola, the man, the coconut man, in October of 2020 to bring Zico back to the market, which they are now doing right now. Tom, welcome to our show. Thanks, Alex. And I, and I got to say, I love the hip hop intro to the beginning of the show i kind of you know sets the vibe gets you in the mood it's very cool love it exactly exactly all by design and uh, i sang the song myself came up with the lyrics good friend of mine in hollywood helped produce it that does movie production so um came out good i got lucky so let's let's roll into it i, I want to start it's with awesome. just the big kind of the elephant the big coconut in the room or the elephant in the room is Zico is a competitor, a kind of an indirect competitor to Genius Juice. You know, we do more of the coconut smoothie. You guys are doing the coconut water with, I'm sure, some innovations coming. You're, re you're rebooting. It's now called Zico Rising. Um, tell us the story of getting the phone call from Mark Rampola. He's a friend of mine, lives in Redondo, not far from me. Tell us about that experience, getting a call from him. Um, what went through your mind? What made you want to go back to working and really um, rebooting Zico and uh, just tell us more about that entire experience and how that unfolded. Of course, yeah, Alex, uh, really happy to be here. Uh, secondly, yeah, I'm, I'm a competitor. Uh, you know, I love to compete. Um, you know, and, and beverages are probably, you know, everybody will tell you that any consumer product category is competitive and they are, uh, but beverages, I think, bring out some of the best people, some of the best competitors. You know, where would, uh, you know, where would uh, Jordan be uh, without Magic? You know, where would uh, George Foreman be without Holyfield? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, everybody needs a good competitor. I, you know, I think that the competitor, uh, obviously, Vita Coco is the category leader. Uh, they've done a great job. Uh, you know, but my position is, you know, I'd love to see all ships rise. I think that there's, uh, you know, a lot to do with the coconut water category, which is what I told Mark. So, um, I'm driving, uh, I'm driving in Orange County, and I get a, I'm actually on another call. I get a call from Mark, and I didn't take it. 
uh, book another call. So I, I listened to his message and it was, it was pretty funny. He goes, he goes, Hey buddy, uh, I'm working on something kind of big. want to talk to you about it. And I knew what it was already. Uh, you know, when uh, Coca-Cola had announced that they were discontinuing uh, Zico, uh, Hanson's, Hubert's Lemonade, Blue Sky, uh, all of these brands I managed except for Zico. I mean, the Hanson's line was, was a part of Monster Energy. Uh, actually, Monster Energy uh, originally started off as Hanson's Beverage Company. They only changed the name to Monster Energy in 2012 when Monster started to take off. Now, that's a whole other story. Uh, but I, I called Mark back and he said, hey, look, he said, uh, I'm thinking about trying to buy this back from Coke. Um, I still think that, you know, the brand's got a lot of legs. It's just been mismanaged. And, you know, I, I, and when he asked me the, if I would be uh, interested in coming on board and, uh, and, and putting a team together, I was, uh, and I was working on about three other projects at the time. But I immediately said, you know, Mark, uh, first of all, to work with you uh, and to take on this challenge, I think would just be an absolute blast. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm 62 years old. I'm full of energy. I've got a ton of connections. I love the beverage world. Uh, you know, when you go to a beverage convention, and Alex, you know this, it's a, it's like a reunion. Mm -hmm. We're all we're all competitors, but we're healthy competitors. Uh, we're you know we we're all working in the beverage category. We want to see the beverage category not not only healthy, but we want to see the healthy beverage category healthy. Exactly. You know, and when I look at coconut water, and I've been you know in healthy beverages, uh, I started my uh, juice company, uh, a co-founder. A juice company in '97. That's when I really got into healthy. I mean, uh, in the least, um, uh, because of my uh, tenure in the industry, I obviously have a lot of connections. And, and, I, and I told Mark, I said, "Well, Mark, you know, I bring a team." He goes, "Yeah, well, that's exactly why I called you. I want you to put that team together." So it's it's the proverbial uh, Hicks gets the opportunity to put the band back together. So yeah, yeah it was a little it was a little choppy, Tom, but I got I got the definite the big so, gist of it where. Um, you know, you got the call from Mark Rampola, who formerly founded Zico, sold it to Coke. Coke discontinued it, and then he decided to buy it back through Power Plan Ventures and then said, hey, let's bring on some industry veterans, and you're one of those, and he brought you on. I just want to say, just um, give credit where credit is due. I remember uh, when I first started Genius Juice in 2014, um, I got connected with Mark Rampola. We met uh, for lunch uh, with his wife, it was my partner, and uh, and then and his wife and Mark at Green Temple, this restaurant really close to both of us. And he offered some really amazing advice to us just starting out in the space. And uh, he also has power plant ventures. So he's a serial entrepreneur. He has a, so many successes, sold to Coke, bought it back. So he's just a legend in his own respect. And just like you, with everything that you've done, working with these really great brands. So it's really exciting to see because like you said it best, we want to build the coconut category, right? And having more in there, coconut water in general. And I want to ask you a question because I'm talking way too much here. Coconut, <laughs> wa coconut water, I've, I've learned that my, you know, my life coach is like, stop talking and ask questions. Shut up, Alex. So <laughs> coconut water, it's, it's a declining category. We both know that, you know, you're going into this opportunity, you know that, Mark knows that, you, you, we're all sharp people here, I know that. That's why we're trying to innovate more in that smoothie space and plant-based smoothie space. What is going to be your um, your strategy to kind of get back into that space to grow the segment? Um, tell us more about your kind of six-month, 12-month, and then next year plan to really start building Zico Rising and taking a good market share of that coconut category. 
Okay, so um, first of all, COVID started to bring the category back. Uh, when I started talking to Costco, uh, Albertsons, and some of the retailers, the you know the, the COVID, everybody wanted to be healthy. So we started to see some growth. I mean, actually, Zico was uh, was up double digits at Albertsons prior to Coke announcing that it was discontinuing it. Growing at Amazon prior to announcing that it was being discontinued. So yeah, prior to COVID 2019, we were seeing declines in the category. So what causes that? Well, quite honestly, I think a lot of it's caused by you know one brand being the the far and away market leader. Uh, and I'm talking about Vitacoco. Uh, I mean, they've had the category to themselves. If you remember when this category started, it was, uh, uh, you know, Rampola and Kerbin going at it, you know, boxing. They were, you know, respectful competitors. And I love the fact uh, of the respect that they've all got, that they both have for each other. But those two guys really started building the category. Uh, I think that there's a, a lot of communication that needs to be uh, done in education with the consumer on the true benefits of, of coconut water. And I think there needs to be a lot of innovation. Um, I think that Coca-Cola was taking it down the wrong path. Um, I believe the cocoa Great. refresh was a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, going and, and just having 10% coconut juice was, uh, was not the right way to, for them to, to take the category. And quite honestly, uh, I, I was always, I mean, I, I love Coca-Cola and what they do as a company. And there's some uh, fantastic people that work there. Uh, I spent uh, a, a couple of years there myself as a part of the transition team uh, when we moved all the monster brands over. The challenge is, is that Coke is a big, big company and they just are not capable, as most large companies are not capable, of managing small entrepreneurial brands. Uh, when you take a small brand and you put it under uh, SARS, uh, safety and regulatory, of a Fortune 50 company, uh, you just slow down innovation. Uh, and I think that's what happened with Zico. And then Coke was trying to chase everybody because they're about volume. So, I mean, mm -hmm. their, their promotional spend was up to 58%. Uh, in the last year of their ownership, wow. which we all know that's 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 a you know that's a spiral that's spiraling disaster. Yeah, they were looking for volume, not looking for profitability. Um, you know, to answer your question about where we're going to go with this thing, so we're not we you know we're not going to follow uh, Vita Coco, we're not going to follow Genius Juice. We're gonna we're gonna kind of brave our own path. Uh, we're going to work with some uh, pretty good R&D houses that I've worked with in the past. I mean, my philosophy at, at Naked Juice was innovate, 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 keep the brand fresh, tell people why you're innovating, stay pure to your, your baseline. So establish your baseline and then take the pyramid up and everything above your baseline is better than your baseline product. So build that baseline consumer and they will come back to you with a better product that you can price at a higher price because you're going to deliver more quality. So I've always been a firm. I mean, I look at Monster Energy and I go, when you think about Monster and Red Bull and their plight, you know, Red Bull first hit the U.S. shores about 1997. Um, and Monster Energy, they had, they had a brand called Hanson's Energy Pro, which was one of the first energy drinks in America, but it was an all-natural drink. Uh, 2001, a, a small brand in Northern California launches called Rockstar. So now you've got Red Bull and Rockstar, really you know, the two major energy brands back in 2002. Monster didn't launch until 2004. Well, now Monster's ahead of Red Bull in the United States, not worldwide, but they passed them in the U.S. And why did they do that? It was innovation, innovation, innovation. They kept introducing new products. 
uh, in 2000 and I think 15 when they introduced Zero Ultra, it just catapulted them past Red Bull because they were able to grab the female market, and mm -hmm. that's who they were going after. So I just think that you, 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 you have to identify your target market first, Alex, but then you need to broaden it outside of that because uh, if, you, if you just stay focused on who your core market is, then you're not going to bring in the masses. And I think for any beverage to be successful, you have to bring in the masses. And it's, it's, not, it's so funny because people look at Monster and say, well, that was successful overnight, but it wasn't. It takes years. You know, it takes years to do this, and and I know that uh, Mark, uh, through Power Plant, um, this investment was a little different than others they've made because you know, as a venture firm, you sprinkle a little money here and there uh, with a brand few of them hit. Uh, this was one of the first times that they purchased the entire brand. So Power Plant owns the entire uh, Zico brand through uh, through their network, and uh, and Mark is uh, you know this is not a you know five years and let's spin it out. This is a long term play. Uh, we're going to, we're going to be in this for the long haul. We're going to build a great brand and we're going to look at how we, we actually grow and build a healthy, good for you beverage company that's focused on doing the right things when people aren't looking, we're going to have a real sustainability message and an impact message that we're working on. How do we become more sustainable? Which is one of the things I, I totally respect about uh, genius use is the fact that, you know, you, you, you use the entire coconut. We don't do that yet, but we want to get there and do that. And I would love to have you know a sharing with you of, of, of how you do that and how we can we can be good for the environment in which we live. Exactly. And you know, I think like you said, like I look at it right with I'm um, just really opening up here on our on our product, right? Because we can talk about Zico as well, and I want to get into more about your mission and what you want to do. But in general, my experience has been that we were one of the only companies doing the coconut smoothie, the coconut water and the coconut meat. Um, about a year ago, Trader Joe's came out with a coconut smoothie. Um, and then, you know, Harmless Harvest um, just came out with a coconut smoothie. We're actually seeing an increase in sales in stores. And we asked people, you know, um, let's say at Costco, you know, ha have you heard of this product? Have you heard of, have you heard of a coconut smoothie? Have you heard of Genius Juice? And they're like, I actually bought that at another store and I've heard of it and I know what it is now and now I'm going to buy it here. So it's, 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 I think a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs get paranoid, like it's a bad thing to have competition. For me and for our brand, it's actually grown the category. And even if we have a little bit of a smaller piece of pie, that pie is so much bigger now, or at least growing right. because of other brands, competitor brands that are growing the awareness. You talked about innovation, right? Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, you don't have to share too much on this podcast, but I'm curious with innovation, sounds like you're going down that road of incorporating more than just coconut water, whether it's coconut cream, whether it's pressed, but it sounds like that is, again, you don't have to tell me the details, but that's what this podcast is about is being, you know, going for these questions. Uh, it sounds like that's in the innovation pipeline to use more than just the coconut water, right? Starting maybe in a year or so. Uh, that's correct, and 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 Alex, you know, to to be completely transparent with you, I'm not sure exactly where we're going just yet, um, because we're going to do some, you know, our fair share of consumer research. We're going to listen to our core market, uh, and we're going to start to identify what uh, what we think is the next and best item for Zico. Obviously, understanding our, what we come out with next is it's it's just absolutely uh, imperative that that it's successful. You know, where we're at right now is uh, you know, we're we're in day 41 of owning this business. Uh, a business that in October, every single retailer in the country 
and consumer for that matter was told it's going away. So, you know, my team, you know, when I first, uh, at my very first meeting, I stood up in front of the team and I, I wrote one word on the board and that was stabilize. So uh, we're, we're inheriting a complicated and lengthy supply chain, as you know. Uh, we will uh, end up owning the facility in, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand uh, later this year. It's part of our agreement with Coke. So right now it's about stabilizing the business. You know, I think one of the, the strategic things that was a very uh, smart on our part was we, we were able to purchase the UPCs from Coca-Cola. So we don't have to change the UPCs on any package. The only thing that we have to change is the importer of record. So for retailers, they see that as uh, something that's, uh, you know, obviously it makes it very easy for them to transition mm -hmm. because yep. it's not a whole new product setup. It's not, you know, they just have to change who they pay uh, and where it ships from. Yeah. So we tried to keep things, uh, you know, because the brand itself has already had so much disruption with the noise in the marketplace, the Zico brand, I wanted to do everything I could with my team to say, we don't want to do it. We don't want any more disruption. We want to stabilize everything, get our core products back on the shelf, salvage what we can with our key and top retailers who have been exceptionally supportive. Coca-Cola team has been amazing to work with through the transition. Uh, it's funny because everybody that's been associated with the Zico brand or work with Zico, they're like, they're like our best cheerleaders. So they want to see us win. They want to see us be successful. And they've been so cooperative in working with us through this transition. I just can't say enough uh, good things about the, the quality folks at Coca-Cola that have helped us out through this transition. Absolutely. It's really, in general, it's an amazing story. And I know that, you know, Mark Rampola wrote a book, um, High Hanging Fruit, which I which I read. And uh, I remember there's um, one page in that book that talks about when he gets the call that the um, for the yeah. acquisition, there it is, there it is. So, and the one page which you've read the book, right? So you know this, like where he was on Aviation Boulevard, right? Which is in the South Bay, you know, Los Angeles. And uh, I think it said like, oh, the money went through for the acquisition to be complete, I believe, or the Coke investment went through. And I think right. that was like 2011, 2012, around that area. So I think it's an it's an, it's so inspiring and amazing because he's bought, he bought it back He's going to try to capture lightning in a bottle twice. And this is really where, like, you know, movies are made, right? Or more books are written. Right. Because to do that takes a tremendous amount of skill where something is taken off the shelf. Everyone thinks it's discontinued. And then suddenly it comes back. But what I love about um, where you guys are at, where it was only gone for a few months, right? And some stores Correct. still have yeah. it, by the way, because of the shelf life. Some, some still stores, have it, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw it at, I think, uh, at Avon's or Albertson's recently, and uh, that, you know, that the product is well known. And there's a lot of loyal fans and a loyal fan base, right, the bottom of that pyramid to grow from. So I think you haven't been gone long enough where it really, really hurts you. You can at least get a lot of yeah. those customers back, right? Yeah, this is a, this is a, a situation that, that, I've, that I've personally never been in before in that uh, we have a brand with pent up demand. We have a brand that Coca-Cola has spent over $100 million in advertising uh, over the last five years. We have a brand that has 58% unaided recognition nationwide, um, but you can't buy it anywhere. 
Uh, we have a brand that, that we, uh, not one person has come and said negative things about it. So it's, uh, I think really, you know, for the first year, it's going to be about, again, stabilizing, getting back in market, getting our ACV back, letting people know that, you know, we're, we're still alive and we're still here. So it really is a unique situation. I mean, the calls that I've gotten uh, from people and from people that want to help, it's just been phenomenal. Uh, I mean, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's uh, has just been such an amazing customer. Uh, when we called them and told them we weren't going anywhere, you know, and Seiko's the only branded product in Trader Joe's. And our buyer there, Lauren, she said, listen, she said, uh, how long until you're back in stock? And I said, uh, you know, given the supply chain we're dealing with, we're probably looking at 11 weeks. She goes, I'm going to order 11 weeks of inventory. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's the kind of response that we've been getting, right? right? She said, I'm going to order 11 weeks of inventory so we don't run out of stock. I just heard from her yesterday. She said, Tom, we're, we're out in the warehouse. We're in pretty good position in the stores. But, you know, as soon as you can get me product, you know, let, let's rock and roll. Wow. So, we get, you know, and we have to do all the vendor setup. So, we're like a brand new company. So, we have to set up you know, all the vendor setup with Albertsons, with Trader Joe's, with Costco, with everybody get, you know, doing all that song and dance. So all that's been done. We got our we got our first uh, uh, vendor number from Trader Joe's last Friday. So it was kind of a, a little uh, you know, a moment uh, in time, right? A, mo a moment for the company mm -hmm. uh, that now you know currently has three employees. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it's awesome. So we're going to be shipping Trader Joe's in about the next two weeks, uh, and it'll be product on the shelf that says uh, imported by Zico Rising. Awesome, love it. Tell us uh, very quickly, because we're, uh, we're already out of time, but you know what? I don't even care. This, the 15 minutes of genius, I'm not even going to say 15 anymore in this interview. It could be 25, 30. I don't really, I don't care. We'll keep going, because this is so engaging and interesting and historic. So rising, why is it called Zico Rising? Where did the name come from? You know, because uh, we, we looked at, we talked about a few different names, and this is the creative uh, piece of, of Mark. Uh, Rampola, you know, as we started tossing some names around, you know, the rising, it, it's, it's the, it's the mythical Phoenix bird, right? It rises from the ashes and comes back to, uh, to prominence. So uh, the Zico rising is indicative of where we want to take this brand. We want to rise up uh, from the depths. So, I mean, you know, there, yeah, there's a little bit of distribution on the shelf, but for all intents and purposes, we're starting from scratch. Uh, so it's, it's the rising of the mythical Phoenix bird from the ashes to greatness. Uh, and it. that's a, uh, you know, that's kind of our goal. That's where we're headed. Awesome. What a great story. Great story. I know my, my board calls me the Phoenix because yeah, with genius, there's been a lot of, a lot of ups and downs and, uh, I seem to continue. I, you know, I rise from the ashes and, uh, so I can relate to the, uh, the Phoenix mythological character, uh, quite a bit. Um, I have nine lives, probably more. I probably used all nine lives already. So, uh, really looking forward the world to of the entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never ends. My <laughs> the friend, world never, of the ends. Entrepreneur. never ends. Right. Really looking forward to seeing you on a shelf, competing next to you on the shelf. And you know what? The next, I want to have a show that has Mike Kerbin and Mark Rampola on the show. Just like, That'd because be awesome. Mike Kerbin did a LinkedIn post that got thousands of views, thousands of yeah. likes. You know this post where it shows both of them oh, boxing yeah. in a ring. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's more collegial, more friendly this time. It was a little more intense, you know, the first time around, which is cool because that's how entrepreneurs are, right? You're, com you know, competitive. Yeah. But Mike Kerbin's taking an approach like, come on in, the water's warm, come on in the ring, let's grow this together. We'll probably end up both benefiting from this. So I think I would love to work at that, maybe talk to Mark, whisper in his ear, say, hey, he should be on the show. If Mark's in, Mike Kerbin will be in. 
that would be an amazing show. That'd be so much fun. That'd be, and, and, you it know, would, and it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And you can be the referee. You know, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it, you're, you're exactly right, and and they both uh, have just a tremendous amount of respect for each other. I mean, yep. it's amazing to me that they stumbled on this at almost exactly the same time. Uh, I mean, uh, Vitacoco trademarked first Vitacoco, and and when Mark saw that, he he had already had the name Zico. Uh, rolling around in his head for several years. Yeah. So he immediately trademarked the name Zico. So uh, yeah, it was, and they, you know, they had a lot of fun together. But like you said, it was really intense for a while, mm -hmm. uh, as it is being an entrepreneur. But they helped each other out growing the category. I mean, I, when when I took over Naked Juice in um, when I started the juice company in 1997, th there was there was no nobody in Chicago. And I started a juice company in Chicago. I don't know if you ever been to Chicago, but there's no orange trees there. Uh, but everybody was paying, you know, 89 cents for, for juices. They didn't know what, they'd never seen an Adwala. They'd never seen a naked juice. I mean, this was a brand new category in the Midwest. Naked juice was in Southern California. Adwala was in Northern California. They were starting to expand. There was a small company, uh, called fresh Samantha that was growing in the mm -hmm. East coast. Yep. Uh, and my partner and I looked at these categories and we said, wow, we can do this in the Midwest. And we built our company to be acquired actually by Adwala. Uh, and then a private equity firm that owned naked juice came along. But I can tell you that building a brand, you need a competitor. You got to have somebody to focus on trying to do it by yourself is, is hard. And that competitor helps you with category information. And, you know, it's just like if you, if you had an NBA team with just one team, that wouldn't be entertaining at all, no. right? Uh, so, I mean, you, you got to have that competitor, and that's what uh, that's what made Naked Juice so great. Was we were we were laser focused on Adwala uh, to beat them and win. And you know, quite honestly, when Coke announced that Adwala was going away, uh, my LinkedIn uh, uh, account lit up with all the old Naked Juice guys going, "Look what we did!" <laughs> so <laughs> years later, uh, but you know, when we we sold Naked Juice. We we took over Naked Juice. It was. Uh, it was a $48 million revenue brand. And in four years, we grew it to over 300 million and sold wow. Pepsi. Wow. Amazing. So that Amazing. was a hell of a run. It was a hell of a run. I, I got to tell you, it's a, yeah. Yeah. And it's AC brands. A, you, you see brands on the shelf that have no competitors and a lot of them end up failing, you know, besides like, you know, Palm Wonderful, I think is an isolated, you know, brand that has done extremely well being the only one doing pomegranate, but Think of like watermelon water, you know, like they're struggling right now. They're the only watermelon water on the market. Great product, but unfortunately they just don't have any competitors to build, to build that space. So I say, uh, welcome to the jungle. Come on back in. We're here to compete, but also grow the category at the same time. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, so Tom, really great having you on the show. We're not we're not even going to go into the rapid fire questions here. This is a special edition episode. So thank you again for awesome. for joining us, Tom, on uh, episode 43, 15 Minutes of Genius, and hope to have you on again. Thanks, Alex. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Awesome. And again, work on getting Mark on the show. You get Mark, I'll get Mike. Okay. Herman. Okay. Deal. You got it. That's okay. a done deal. Done deal. <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. All righty. All right. So, so thank you again. Stay safe. Episode 43 in the books. Tom Hicks, he's the CEO of Zico Rising, rebooting at a store near you. I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. It's coconut. So we all, we all love each other. We're supporting each other. Let's grow the category. So again, a uh, big plug to Mark Nicholas, Mark and ManhattanBeachStudios.net for all your editing desires. So make sure to reach out to him. His information will be in the comments below. Um, and one more thing, what is it?
stay coconutty and genius, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.